Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the show by emailing us at championshiproundtable at gmail.com. Hello, my name is Louis Shackshaft. Uh, you can contact me on Twitter at Louis Shackshaft. Uh, I represent Sheffield Wednesday on the podcast and for Shoot Football. Um, I'm also your man if you want to know about Sheffield Wednesday statistics, and I also contribute to uh, the Sheffield Star and Transfer Bible. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Thomas and I'm the editor of wallsblog.com so unsurprisingly I'm your man for all your views on uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers um, and that's pretty much it, just Wolves for me I'm afraid. Hi, I'm James Vickers, I represent Preston North End on the podcast, I write for Tom Clark at the backpost.wordpress.com you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Vickers. Thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start making around to where each of us have a few minutes to discuss what our clubs have been doing this week. Uh, Louis, we'll start with you. A good win yesterday, coming back from behind. How have the last seven days been as a Wednesday fan? It's uh, been very interesting. Same old for Wednesday, really. Like you said, we've had to come from behind. Uh, that's the third time in a row at home we've come from a losing position at half-time, so either a 1-0 or a 2-0 deficit. Um, that's obviously the worrying thing as a Wednesday fan at the minute, having to go behind half time and come and do the work towards, uh, but that's something I'll talk about later. Off, off the field, nothing in particular has happened. Um, Kieran Lee made his 150th appearance yesterday uh, for Wednesday and Bannon made his 50th appearance for Wednesday, which seems to have flown by because he feels like he's not been here two minutes. Uh, but yeah, the game, Forrest Came forward a few times. Obviously, they scored. It took a wicked deflection. It looked like a wonder goal, but it, it, it went over Westwood. Uh, Westwood also had to make a world-class save um, at one stage. Uh, other than that, Wednesday, Wednesday pretty much dominated. Again, it seems to be the same old story at the minute. Wednesday are dominating games. on it. I sound like a broken record, but there's just something missing in terms of well, put it this way, Wednesday are the only team in the league actually this season that have not led at half-time. Um, so in that respect, something is missing in the first 45 minutes, but they're playing out of the skin in the second 45 minutes and that's where they're picking up points. And it's, I'll discuss later in the podcast um, because an issue is our form away from home. Uh, but obviously happy to have the three points uh, against Forest yesterday. Can, they, they can be like a sticky team for us sometimes. Um, and again, we scored in the 91st minute, so um, just can't be happy with the points because I did think it was going to end in a one-all draw. So um, we'll discuss everything else later regarding Wednesday and, and the issues they've got at the minute. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to jump in. Obviously, Sheffield Wednesday, they couldn't have got any closer to getting out last season. And I'm thinking, A, is there a hangover from last season at all? Do you see any evidence of that? And B, do you think team to go one better this year? On paper, Wednesday are a better team this season. They've brought in such as Stephen Fletcher, Alan yeah. Abdi. They have brought in players where they should have strengthened, which is which is a good thing from, from a fan's perspective. Mm. In terms of the first nine games this season, there's, I don't know what it is because the, when they're on the, playing on the field, every, everything that they are doing Seems mm. to be the right thing. They're creating the chances. Um, they're having more possession. I know they've got one of the hot ratio in the league as well. But in terms of results, and especially away from home, there is just something not clicking. And I don't know if it's just because, like you say, is it a hangover? Because we played a few more games than, well, majority at league last season. Um, or is it just because a few of our new players haven't gelled yet as such? Mm. I don't know. And I think... Are they playing the same way? Is it the same system and same sort of style? Or is it like the players they brought in, as he sort of adjusted things and moved things around a bit to try and sort of evolve the team? That's what the issue may be, is that I'm not sure if Carlos Carvajal knows what his best 11 is yet. And that's because we're lucky to have a team. We've got about 14 players where they're all pushing and, and probably should be on first team, like everyone was crying out for Forestieri to, to be on the left this season and play Fletcher and Hooper up top. Now, yesterday was the only time that he did that, but it meant him dropping Alman Abdi. The, right. other issue, the other issue is what we had last season where I thought we won a lot of games is we had Luvens and Lees at centre-back and we had Hutch as the defensive midfielder. 
Now, Hutch has impressed that much this season, and because Leuven's has been injured, we've had Hutchinson and Lees at centre-back. But then we haven't found that player that can play that defensive mid role, uh, midfield role as good as Hutch yet. So I don't know if that's why we're conceding goals. Last season, that's why we finished sixth in the league, is because we just weren't generally conceding goals. And our home form, we only lost one sole season to Middlesbrough, who went up. Um, so... As of yet, I'm not worried, but give it another eight weeks. And if we're still stumbling along, and yes, we are getting victories at home. Like I say, away from is an issue. But if we're still stumbling along and picking up only three points every two games, for example, then something may need to be addressed. Yeah. Doing better than Derby, though. So that's... uh... That's something to uh, <laughs> because that's they're, they're sort of a similar situation, aren't they? Trying to evolve a team that have been successful, bringing in and on paper they look brilliant, but it just isn't happening, is it? So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Derby because I don't want Wednesday to fall into that trap that Derby have done because Derby seems to have been pushing for that top two for about four or five now, whereas Wednesday have only really had they had last season kind of a go at it, but. Mm-hmm. Playoffs was an overachievement. And then this season is probably our first season where we're having a real go at finishing. I mean, ideally, I, I think Wednesday probably can finish top four. Top two might be just out of the equation. But it's the first season where we're actually having a real go. And we've just started a bit slower than I wish, than I'd have wished, to be honest. Yeah, coming on to you now, Thomas. Obviously, uh, um, you've had quite a good week. You were back-to-back uh, league victories. You didn't get through in the cup, but I guess you can sort of fob that off if it's not really that important. Are you quite happy as a Wolves fan at the moment? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I mean, as you know, you sort of, we've had the opposite kind of weeks because we we went and beat Newcastle in the league, which was a massive result for us. I mean, we you know we we got absolutely slapped four 0 by Barnsley at home, which was just one of those games where the last they got a goal with twenty minutes to go and we just fell apart and they ripped us to pieces. Um, so to go to Newcastle then you're looking at the two fixtures coming up and you're thinking right we've got Newcastle away in the league Newcastle away in the cup Renford at home in the league who are coming into good form you're thinking oh, I'm not 100% what's uh, what's around the corner here and, you know we put in a great performance at Newcastle to win in the league I think we took took Newcastle by surprise in that game I think they probably thought we'd sit a bit deeper and probably try and absorb pressure but we came out fast got in their faces, um, won a lot of the 50-50 balls and just generally scrapped our way to a good, a good victory in that one. Um, as you say, I, I, you know, the League Cup, Zenga changed the whole team because we've got a lot of, we've got a big, we've gone from having a threadbare squad to having 25, 26 players all competing. And he, he named a completely different 11 in the League Cup, which for me was a tad disappointing because I'd like to see us have a cup run. I mean, Wolves haven't been to Wembley for about 30, 40 years. And I think for, I don't want to go down the road and say a club of boys, but for Wolves, I think that's too long um, not to have got somewhere in the cup. So I'm a bit disappointed that we just kind of flaked out of that again. Um, but yeah, as you say, you can you can sort of write it off these days, the League Cup defeat. And then yesterday against Brentford, um, we, we just got the job done. You know, what was pleasing for the majority of Wolves supporters is that Zenga finally named the same um, 11 in back-to-back league games. So the team that beat Newcastle last Saturday, he put out yesterday and, you know, nip and tuck first half, not much in it. We came out after half-time, scored one very good goal, a set-piece goal. Uh, Brentford got a good goal back and then worked us over for 20 minutes and then we got a goal on the break. You know, it was it was kind of, it was a good game, entertaining. We could have conceivably lost the points but then we won them. So, yeah, I mean, I think I put in my, my post-match blog that I was more reassured that we, we seem to get these results and, and this group of players we've kind of just thrown together are now starting to look like um, something like a cohesive team. So, but, you know, anything's on the table for Wolves. You know, the playoffs, automatic, you know, bottom half finish. I've, I've got absolutely no idea. I could not tell you, but... Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's exciting in one sense, but um, what's around the corner, <laughs> again, I, I have very little idea. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a very interesting project at Wolves, given the ownership and the players that have been coming in, all linked to Jorge Mendes. A lot of them have been 
what are your views on that now? It's sort of nine matches in. Is, is, do you think it's a good thing for the club? Well, I mean, I think you've got to look at the, you look at the league table first, don't you? Um, and I think we're we're eighth now, um, and generally the performance been quite good. I think the players that he's brought in are good players, so and I think they're players that are better than what we had and better than ninety percent of your average championship players. But it, it, what the question mark is over? Than doing the physical stuff. I know it's all, it's such a cliche, isn't it? You know, these foreign players coming in, they've got the, the technical ability, but do they have the the willpower and the strength? But it is all of those things. You can see that we've got ability. And these players that Mendes has opened the door for us to sign is great. I mean, Texier is one of them from Benfica. Um, you know, a tiny slip of a lad. And he he scored a brilliant, brilliant goal yesterday, twisting and turning looks one of the best players on the pitch, but then also he gets muscled out of games quite easily. So uh, it's it's still too early, but I'd say that I'm a lot more confident now, you know, nine games in and thinking, yeah, we, we look a decent team and we've beaten some good teams. You know, we've beaten Newcastle, we've beaten Brentford, um, you know, we've beaten, um, who else we've beaten Reading, we've had a decent start. So, you know, those results, give me hope that, that we'll do well, but it, it is still to work. Even nine games, I know nine, ten games, you start looking at the league table and, and you know, weighing things up. But I think for Wolves specifically, I still think it's, it's a little bit early to make any sort of conclusions. Thomas, you mentioned uh, João Texiera, um, yeah. if that's how you pronounce it. That is, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I know he's one of the standout performers this season. Just, can you just tell me a bit about him? Is he? I mean, I've not seen play live. Uh, is he all that? Is he that good? I don't. I mean, he's one of those players. He 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 is very good. He's he's kind of like he's, he's your obvious sort of number ten player. But he's been so he's played in that kind of attacking, advanced, central role. And then he's also in the last two recent games, he's played out wide. Um, but he's not he's not blessed with massive pace. But he's one of those players who has a this ability to just emerge from tight situations with the ball, a good dribbler. Um, he's happy to put it about, but he's just not very physically able to do so. Um, but he, he's got a, he's got a turn and a, a change of pace and he's got a really good eye for a pass. And then yesterday scored some goals. So I think he's, I think when he plays, you know, in a, in a good team and you can get the ball to him in the final third and get him in those positions in and around the area with his quick feet then he's probably as good as anyone um, in terms of opening the door of, of defences. You know, if, if teams are going to come and bank up against Wolves, if it turns out we actually are a decent team and teams try and defend against, he's, he's going to be one of those players who can, who can help move things along. As to how good he is in the context of the league, probably still a little bit early because Zenga's rotated the team a lot. So even though we're nine games in, he's probably only featured in half of them consistently. So... Um, but he is emerging as a player. So I just hope that as we enter the sort of the tougher months of the season, if you like, the winter months and the pitches slow down a bit, I just hope that will be the, the definitive um, way to see how, you know, where he sits in the league. And I just hope that he's able to, to show that. But again, probably a bit early. Yeah, he sounds like a, a Portuguese Deli Alley at championship level. Is that? Uh, well, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know. I don't want to. I just don't want to hype any of these players up. I mean, it'd be so easy. I mean, obviously, a lot of Wolves fans are getting a bit carried away because you know we're getting these lads from Benfica. We signed Cavalero from Monaco for seven million. You know, one of the midfielders we've had him was reportedly trapped by Barcelona a few years ago. You know, you hear all these stories come out, don't you, when when players arrive, but. I just want to judge them. Look, almost to keep as much a low profile as possible because I think that is such an important thing. I think you know, Sheffield Wednesday last season, you said they overachieved and um, they perhaps did go into the radar sometimes. Now this season, the scopes on them a bit, and you know, teams raise their game a bit. So I just hope Wolves and the players just keep going into the radar, and that would suit me. Yeah, just moving on to you now, James. Uh, a very important victory on Friday against Wigan. It's very early in the season, but it, it still seemed like uh, a crucial three points for Preston. And again, in the week, you beat Bournemouth in the EFL Cup. I guess it's a very good time to be a Preston fan at the moment. Yeah, considering the result last week underway at Brentford, which uh, was probably as low as it can get from a Preston. Um, Travelled down there, and at the end of the game, you had uh, 
players walking off, not clapping the fans and fans calling for Grayson's head. Um, sort of fast forward seven days now and we've managed to beat Bournemouth away in the EFL Cup, which is a great result. Uh, one that I didn't see coming, um, especially when we rested. Uh, I think it was 10 players who started that Bournemouth game. So it was nowhere near a full strength lineup. Uh, to come away with a win there and then get drawn against Newcastle in the next round, which again is a lose-lose for us, really. A uh, win-win, sorry, for us. Um, no one's going to expect us to win. Um, we can go up there with no fear. Um, and it's a good opportunity for some of the lads who don't get a look in in the league, who played at Bournemouth, to really stake a claim again. Um, sort of moving on to the Wigan game on Friday, one of those was Chris Maxwell, the goalkeeper. Um, he came in for Anders Lindegaard, who was absolutely shocking away at Brentford last weekend. And he seems to have really taken his chance now in the last two games. Granted, he conceded to Bournemouth. One of them was a penalty, so not much he can really do about that. Um, but he was fantastic on Friday night against Wigan. Um, Tom Clark, the captain, again, the centre-back, getting back to his best now after some criticism from the fans. And it was more sort of a throwback to the results we were getting last year where we were not playing well, but grinding out those wins which kept us in the division and saw us finish sort of relatively high in the mid-table. Um, if we can get back to doing that, um, I think we should be fine. Um, but there's obviously still a long way to go. But if we carry on with these kind of results and grind out those victories and those points, um, yeah, I can see us finishing sort of mid-table again. Would that be success, James, for Preston in the eyes of most Preston fans? Uh, I think this season it would definitely be. Um, I think we're weaker this year than we were last year. Um, we lost Jordan Pickford, yeah. who went back to Sunderland. Um, and I think last week for Sunderland away at Tottenham, he was outstanding. Um, we've sold Joe Garner to Rangers and not really had time to invest that money back in the playing squad. And then we've lost Adam Reach, who went back to Middlesbrough and has subsequently been sold to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, so definitely weaker. Um, I think. If we stay in the division and sort of around mid-table, I think you wouldn't find a Preston fan who could argue with that. Um, and then from sort of January and next season, it's investing that money into the squad that we've got for Ghana. Um, we don't really have a lot of money, so two million for us is quite a significant amount. So hopefully it gets spent wisely and we can cement ourselves as an established championship team then going forward. James, can I just quickly ask you? Uh, I wrote before podcast, that podcast started, and I, I mentioned um, I've got two names on my list I wanted to talk about just quickly. Yes. Um, Aidan McGeady, how's he doing for you guys? Yeah, not too bad. When we signed him on deadline day, um, I had a look through sort of the, the Twitter comments about him, and it was mainly filled with Sheffield Wednesday and Everton fans saying, oh, thank God he's not coming back to us and we've got rid of him. Um, so that didn't fill me with confidence. But to be fair to the lad, since he's got here, he's got his head down. Um, I thought he'd come in as one of those kind of luxury players who, if you're playing well and you're 2-3-0 up, he'll look like the best player on the pitch. But if you're sort of trying to grind out a result, he'll go missing. But to be fair to him, in the last few games, even though we've sort of had a few defeats, he's looked one of the best players on the pitch. So hopefully it carries on for him. He's back in the Ireland squad now, I believe, as well for the international break. Um, personal note, so hopefully he can sort of kick on now and almost try and rebuild his career with us. Yeah, I thought he were doing well for you guys, to be honest, just because obviously he came to Wednesday last season and he, he, he just, he was non-existent so I was just hoping yeah. that he'd, he'd obviously found a club where his, his form's picked up. I think he came to us with high expectations and we were paying his full wages, whatever that was, 30, 35 grand a week. Um, and he was just, he was just poor, he might as well, he, he, he didn't need bother coming, to be honest. He was just that type of player. But then I'm going to ask you about Adam Reach. Obviously, he's yeah. with us now. Um, I've seen him play twice live. Um, and you can tell that he has got the talent. Yeah, we've paid almost £5 million for the kid. He's only 23. Um, but he, he's, he's got the talent, but I can also see that he's, he's experienced as well. He's, he's at that stage where sometimes, instead of playing a pass, he's trying to beat a player. But I just, again, wondered just a few words on Adam Meach from me, if you can, mate. Yeah, last season for us, um, when he signed for us initially on loan um, up until January, um, I didn't know too much about him. Um, but after the first couple of weeks of being here, he sort of nailed himself down as one of the first starters on the team sheet, um, especially sort of from January when his loan got extended till the end of the season. He really kicked on for us. Um, we had been playing him as a wing back for the first sort of half of the season. Um, 
But after that, when we lost a few players to injury, he tended to play as the number 10, uh, so just off the striker. Um, we're not a squad blessed with tremendous pace. So in away games where we picked up quite a lot of points last season, he was absolutely fantastic for us. He provided that outball from the back. He, uh, he's got the beating of a man and uh, a good turn of pace. Um, and for us last season, he was probably one of our top two or three best players of the season and was gutted that we couldn't get him back this season. But obviously, yeah, near enough five million, that we can compete with that. So um, we've yeah. done the best with sort of what we've got. And we've got like players like McGeadian, um, who hopefully can sort of fill that void. Yeah, it's interesting to hear that actually because he's been. He, I think he's only played once for us on the left wing, which I where I want to see the kid play. He, he looks really good. He's, he's like a powerhouse, and he can beat a man. And his cross is awesome, also. But he's yeah. had to drop. He's had to drop into a left back role because of injury. But it's interesting you mentioned he plays as a number ten. I've, I'm, I, I never knew that he could play in that position. So I'd be very interested to see him play behind Fletcher or Hooper because I can see that he has got the talent to play in that position, but. At this stage, it's early days. He's only been with us four weeks and I've not seen him getting the opportunities to shoot on goal yet, but that's just because of where he's playing at the minute. So that'll be uh, something I'll keep my eye out on. Yeah, definitely. Away at Wolves last season, the one that sticks in my head. Um, yeah, he, I played as, he played as number 10 in that game. Yeah, and I, he was absolutely fantastic that day. Uh, him and Gallagher in midfield absolutely ran the game. Um yeah, so just a shame we couldn't get him back this season because that's like the position that we're crying out for someone this season. So, yeah, a bit gutted. Yeah, it's good to hear positive comments at least. Anyway. Yeah. So what are you saying, Jake? Then after a couple of difficult results against the West Midlands teams. No, nah, I'm all right as a Newcastle fan, to be honest. I mean, it was very disappointing last weekend against Wolves. I didn't come on the pod last week, but it was, I was pretty disappointed about that one. It just sounded like. It was one of those days where the away team turned up and they played very well. And I, I think we didn't play as well as we normally did. Maybe that was because we were so surprised by how Wolves did come and play. But it was just a setback. And I think some of the reactions on social media from Newcastle fans are over the top. We're not going to win every week. Rafa is is not some sort of god. He's a very good manager, but he's not a god that some people make him out to be. And he's going to make mistakes. And I think that was evident again yesterday against um, Aston Villa. We dominated the game. Should have been three or four up. Dwight Gale missed a very good chance after he was gifted the ball um, by Tommy Elphick, who didn't play well for Aston Villa. And then in the second half, the army had several chances. We should have been three or four up by about 75 minutes. But yeah, as it normally happens in football, if you if you don't score those chances and you've only got that one goal lead, it's very, very fragile. And Aston Villa started bombarding us with high balls. Uh, Rudy Gisted played, came on and caused havoc, which concerns me because it's the second time this season that a big striker has caused us problems. It happened at Fulham with Matt Smith and now it's happened with Rudy Gestead. And these players are not good players. Like They're in the championship for a reason. They can head the ball. They can sort of muscle people off it, but that's about it. Like you should Players like these should not be causing Newcastle as many problems as they are. And that concerns me because there's going to be lots and lots of strikers like that this year that we're going to come up against. And if teams realise that we struggle against them, they're going to use their players that maybe they wouldn't use against other teams they'd bring these sort of big six foot five strikers onto the pitch and we need to figure out how we're going to deal with it because it is of concern I mean one one isn't isn't the worst result at the end of the day Aston Villa have a very good team they're going to click eventually because the players they've got are, are just too uh, some of them are too good for this division their attacking line in particular was, it was incredible to watch the way Kodja and Ayu can carry the ball like they beat our players so many times it was, it was very it was very well in the last five minutes after they scored their goal because I thought they were going to nick it. But we got the point and that was important. A point is better than nothing. We bounced back in the week to sort of carry on our confidence uh, against Wolves. I think it was probably probably deserved win in the week. I think Wolves probably deserved it last weekend, but we deserved it in the week and we, we progressed to face James's pre- Preston in the next round, which would be interesting. I think we should win that, but I'm not too bothered about the cup. I, I just think it's an unwanted distraction. But just one thing I'd like to touch on that happened uh regarding Newcastle the weekend was after the game, uh, Matt Sales, our goalkeeper, got quite a lot of abuse on social media. It, it was not nice to see. You don't want to see your fans doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't think he should be starting for Newcastle, but at the same time, I'm not going to go on Twitter and start saying horrible things about him because it, it really achieves nothing. It's only going to make him feel worse. It's only going to make the club, it's only going to affect the club in a bad way. So I don't know why people do it. And he, he, he's, he's since deactivated his Twitter account. So, 
that's not really what I want to see. Is it? Is it things like that just really annoy me about the modern football fan. Because, yeah, he, maybe he shouldn't be in the team, but he's not actively trying to make us lose. He's just sort of struggling to adapt to a new league. And, yeah, so that, that happened, and that sort of ruined any sort of positivity I had about the weekend because it's just not nice. We'll move into the topics now. The first topic I'd like to touch on, I'm sure we're going to come back and back to this uh, throughout the season, is the promotion picture. We're now nine games in. Have your views changed? And at the moment, which three teams do you think are going to go up? I know that's kind of difficult with the playoffs because uh, a team could go on a run and finish sixth and come up. But which three teams at the moment do you think look sort of the best three teams in the division? Um, I'll start with... Um, for me, Norwich City, have I said all along they're going to win it. They'll finish top. And I still believe that. That's um, horrible, though, isn't it? Really? Like, I mean, I, you know, I've got no particular hatred, but I just, I just do not want to see teams going up, teams coming. I mean, this will be—they went down, up, down, up, down, haven't they? Am I right? I think I am. Yeah, you, you probably are. To be honest, I've mentioned this on an earlier podcast that I think Norwich will finish top, and I think they'll stay there all season because they've had the squad and they've not really sold many players or brought many in. They're just consistently a yo-yo team. And I've said it before on the podcast, they'll go up this season and I put 20 quid on now that they'll come back down again <laughs> because it's, they're just going to be that type of team. And I believe they're going to be that type of team for probably another two, three, four years. And it'll just, that's the way Norwich City are at the minute. They, they go up and they don't spend enough to stay up but then they're spending enough to bring themselves back up as they go down. So they're just going to be one of them teams, I believe. But Norwich City, for me, will finish first. Second, I'm going to go for your team, Jake Newcastle. Uh, I said them all along as well. I think, obviously, they've, they've spent a lot of money in the summer. With the amount of money that they have spent, they have to finish top two this season. They were strong without spending money. So I know, like you say, it takes, takes time for teams to gel and they probably started slowly but now they're starting to pick up points and like I'm glad you mentioned there's there's 46 games in a season and, and you will lose games especially games where you probably should win and you've just done that probably against Wolves last week and and you'd expect Newcastle to be winning every own game but it's it's just not reality but Newcastle another what have we got 37 games in the league will definitely be up there or thereabouts so I'm going to go for them second like you say, tough one via the playoffs. It's going to be very interesting. I am expecting, as a Wednesday fan, we have minimum got to finish six. Um, again, it's a long, hard, tough season. And I think by May, Wednesday will be up there in the playoffs. Whether it's fifth or sixth, I don't know. Um, maybe if we're not in seventh, eighth position by January, January might be a bit of a get-out-of-jail card for us because we have got money to spend. It, it might be... Um, we're, we're lucky enough to go and spend money in January and it might bring in the player that does push us into the playoffs or even that top three or four if necessary. So I'm going to go for the third team. I'm going to be optimistic and say Wednesday because not just because I support them, but they finished in the playoff final last season. Sometimes it takes trial and error to learn from your mistakes and potentially, if Wednesday do get into that top six, they'll be one of the teams that will be favourites to go up just because they got there last season. And you learn from your mistakes, like I mentioned. So I will go with Norwich, Newcastle and an optimistic Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I mean, I think I said that I think Norwich are going to win it. I just think their squad knows the championship. But then I'm starting to change my mind because the way we went on those six... Six uh, games with uh, six wins. Um, I think we're going to win it. And I think on Wednesday, that's the big game. I think if we beat Norwich at home, our fixtures after that look kind. And I think we're going to go on that sort of run that turns the confidence we currently have to belief. And once you have belief, you, you're going to win the league like Burnley did last year. It's just Belief is so much more important than confidence because you can... Steve McLaren said it yesterday. I'm not a fan of Steve McLaren, but I do agree with him in, in, on this point because once you have belief, you've got to turn up to games. And it was... Games like the one uh, a couple of weeks ago against Wolves, we didn't look great. Um, and I think the way they came at us, it, it hit us hard and we didn't know how to react. Whereas if we had belief that we're going to win games, we would know how to react in that situation. I think it's starting to build at Newcastle. And once it does get there, I think we're just going to be impossible to stop. So I think we're going to win the league. I'm going to go Norwich second. I agree with that. And I'm going to go for a, a, a bit of a rogue one uh, as, as my one through the playoffs. 
I, I don't think they've been mentioned much on this podcast since it started, but I'm going to go Birmingham City. I like Gary Rowett as a manager. I like some of the deals they did during the summer. Che Adams is a player I, hate, I rate highly. I think he's going to do very well there this season. And I just think they're the type of team that is going to languish around 13th or 14th and then got to run at the end of the season and build the confidence needed to get through the playoffs. So I'm going to go with them. And I'm going to forever talk about it if it happens and say how great I am at predicting. And if it doesn't happen, it's quickly going to be forgotten about. So I'm going to I'm going to stake stake my reputation on Birmingham and just yeah see what what happens with that. <laughs> what about you two, Thomas and James? How do you feel about the uh, promotion picture? You go first, James. I'm going to wait and see what everyone else is saying and then come up with something despicable to say to Toya. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, top two um, again, same as Louis said. Uh, I can't look past Newcastle and Norwich. Um, they've both got the squads to do it and the money. Newcastle more so available, having sold to Soko. Um, they've got that money to go out and spend in January if need be. Uh, Norwich again, yeah, they've got the squad who's been there, done that. Um, can't see them staying in the Premiership if they do get up. Uh, similar to how West Brom used to be, sort of about six or seven years ago, where they go down, come back up for a few seasons. Um as far as playoffs, um, the ones I've got wrote down here, I think Brighton will be there or thereabouts again. Um, they've kept that core of the squad there from last year. Uh, they just missed out last season. Um, another one that I've got almost as my dark horse would be Huddersfield. Um, at the start of the season, I don't think anyone see them, um, but they've sort of really surprised everyone. They've got a good manager. Um, they've signed some really good players in the summer. Uh, Casey Palmer on loan from Chelsea. Uh, and then watching Bundesliga a bit, Chris Lowe uh, from Dortmund. Um, one of my friends, Chris Hinkle, um, watches quite a lot of uh, Bruce Dortmund's B team and really rates the lad, and he seems to have fitted in well at Huddersfield. Um, so I can't see anyone breaking into that top two, really, apart from Newcastle and Norwich. But yeah, Brighton and Huddersfield, I'd pick for the playoff if I was going to go for a dark horse. Yeah, I mean... Oh. If it's Newcastle, Norwich and Birmingham, I'm going to kill myself, by the way. I'm just going to let you digest that fact now. <laughs> that couldn't be any worse for me. No offence, Jake, obviously. But it's just, I just, there's nothing worse than predictable um, outcome. You know, fair play to those teams if they do do it. You know, Norwich and Newcastle, I know recovering from relegation, putting your squad back together and getting up. There's, there's some merit in that. Um, Wolves, obviously, when we got... Relegated from the Premiership just went straight down again. So um, it's uh, I know it's not an easy thing, but I just like to see just a little bit more variety. So I'm I'm actually going to go completely renegade, and I'm going to say I don't think uh, either Norwich or Newcastle finish in the top two, um, and that's based on the fact that I think certain teams are going to be better. Con- Conditions, but I actually think Brighton are going to finish in the top two, and um, I hope they do. Uh, I'm going to go Huddersfield second because I think I, I like what David Wagner is doing there, um, and I think they're going along quite nicely. They're an unknown quantity, they're going under the radar. And then I am going to tip Sheffield Wednesday via the playoffs. So, how's that for you? I'm going to. Yeah, and, and I think really for me, if I'm being completely honest, those are the teams I'd like to see go up outside of Wolves, obviously. Um, just because I think Sheffield Wednesday have had their fair old dollop of misery. Um, they've been down in League One, you know, the Championships. About time they were probably had a go back in the Premiership. Brighton have been up there. And, you know, Huddersfield is a great story. So um, so that's my logic. But, you know, I'm not going to uh, I'm not gonna cry or anything if um, the other teams make it. But that just... Just an alternative perspective, perhaps. Yeah. Uh... Okay, so we can say Thomas is wrong. We could completely <laughs> ignore those, ignore those predictions because that is wrong. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can understand all those teams are, have done very well. They're all going to be up there, I think. But I just can't see them surpassing even Norwich or Newcastle as for me. But then I'm, and I'm a, I'm a negative Newcastle fan. If if there's any way I could possibly see us not going up, I would be all over that. But I just can't see it. I I just think our squad's too good. Benitez is prepared well. And even on conditioning, I can't believe that our squad wouldn't be conditioned well enough to, to go through this league. We've got so many options. We can change our 11 for a midweek game and still put out a team good enough to beat whoever we're playing. So I, maybe I'm getting a bit too confident here. I'm moving into the Newcastle fans and think we're going to win every week, which I'm definitely not one of those, but I just can't see us not going. You know, you know what, though, Jake, as well? You, you've got to look at 
from, like you say, if you're a negative Newcastle fan. And even if Newcastle, worst case scenario, finished six, they'd probably go up anyway via the playoffs. So you can't, I, I kind of understand what you're saying. The playoffs are a lottery, but like I say, worst case scenario, if Newcastle finished six in the league this season, they would still probably go up anyway because they're going to be the best team in there. So I can see why no one's going to look past Newcastle this season because... Like I mentioned, the playoffs are just a complete lottery and it's generally, it gets to April and whoever's the form team in that top, well, from third to sixth position generally is the one what goes up. And Wednesday were the form team last season and they just missed out. But on the day, Hull was a better team. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's anybody's that playoffs. Um, but for me, Newcastle, if they finished in there, they'd go up in them as well. So. An, an interesting point on Norwich, though. I, I I haven't seen their fixture list as a whole. From memory, I don't think they've come up against too many of the big teams. Am I wrong in saying that? I'm 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 starting to think that maybe they're getting good results now, but they're going to have a hard run and they may struggle in that because they didn't really invest much over the summer. They said they needed a striker. They didn't really bring one in. And I think maybe we're going a bit too full in on Norwich rather than Newcastle. Maybe that's my bias picking it, uh, kicking it again. But I, I'm not too, I'm not overly convinced by Norwich. Maybe it's yeah. I mean, I can see what you're saying. Norwich haven't played too many higher teams in the league. Um, but again, we'll probably have this same conversation in four weeks' time, and it'll be flip reverse where we're saying, "Oh yeah, Norwich. They might not even finish in playoffs this season." Or we'll be. Guys, look at Huddersfield, the top of the league, and they might finish first or second this season. So it's just football's just one of them crazy things where if we all had £10 in our pocket and knew what was going to happen, we'd be straight to bookies, wouldn't we? And we'd have all put our money on Leicester last season. And it's just after Leicester winning the Premier League last season, it just proves that anything can happen in football and there will be a few surprises out there completely. Uh, in recent times, there's been a lot of players coming up from the championship and doing very well in the Premier League, either with promoted clubs or if they move to a Premier League club. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on players currently in the division that you think can go on to bigger things. When I thought of this question, I thought of Tammy Abraham, and I'm sure everybody else is going to think of that. So we'll start with Tammy Abraham. What, what are your thoughts on him? Because uh, he's got an incredible goal-scoring record. He came highly recommended uh, to Bristol City through what he's been doing for the Chelsea youth sides. Have you have you seen a lot of him this season, and do you think that he can really kick on and become maybe one of the become an England international even? I haven't personally seen him. We haven't come up against them yet, but I suppose one of the things for him that's quite interesting to think about is is his future that bright if he's a Chelsea player? I mean, what his future is almost mapped out ahead of him, isn't it? It's he's he's going to be at Bristol City. He's probably going to bang in twenty, thirty goals by the looks of it. He's probably going to go on loan to a Premier League team next season um, and he'll live or die by what he does there, you know, and it's still unlikely he'll ever play for Chelsea. So, you know, that's quite an interesting thing to consider. No matter how good he is, what is his future like as a Chelsea player, you know? Um, I mean, I, I've seen him play. I, I mentioned on the podcast last week that he came to Hillsborough and he was one of the best players that I've seen come to Hillsborough in a long time. He's... He, He's 18 old. He's got everything you want as a striker. Um, I think he's he's a top league goal scorer already. He's got seven goals in nine games. He, like you mentioned, he, what what will happen if he potentially stays at Chelsea? I don't know. But the, the good thing for me is that we've got a player in this division who's banging in goals for fun at the moment, and he's an Englishman as well. So somebody dropped Sam Allardyce a tweet because this guy potentially could go to the next World Cup or Euros even if he's not going to be in the first team like just like Dashford's done because if he if he gets to a stage where he's got this this season at Bristol City and like you mentioned he might score 20 25 goals and he's definitely on route to do that if he has a season next season where he's in the Premier League maybe not with Chelsea but he scores somewhere around the 10 goal mark He's got to be considered for an England call-up if he continues playing the way he's doing. I know it's a different league and it's a completely different step up to the Premier League, but he's certainly impressing, especially at the age of 18, where, for me, he looks like he's an experienced player already. He can't, <laughs> this might be a bit controversial, but he reminds me of Adebayor when he was in his prime, if that makes sense, but obviously this is a championship level. Um, he's a very similar player where he can score goals, he can head in goals, he's an aerial presence, he's 
six foot two, I believe. So he's, he's just got everything you need. So it's going to be interesting in a couple of years' time where Tammy Abraham is and what he is going to be doing. Yeah, it, something I'd quickly like to mention is that um, I've read reports that Chelsea didn't go out and sign um, Gabriel Barbosa. He's sort of a very talented uh, Brazilian who's gone to Inter Milan. Chelsea did not go and sign him purely because they wanted to leave a route open for Tammy Abraham. So maybe, unlike sort of the Patrick Bamfords of the past, maybe there is a route for him at Chelsea. And if, if he does keep scoring, there could be opportunities for him to get into the first team because Diego Costa's probably not going to last very long. There, there, there is an opportunity for him. So I think it's a... I think he, the world's, he's got the world at his feet and he could go on to achieve whatever he, he wants to do. James, do you have any thoughts on him quickly before I just, just want to ask you about any other players? Yeah, I've not seen too much of him um, personally, but from what I've been reading, um, I can't argue with any of the points that the others have said there. Uh, he's banging in goals for fun at the moment um, and sort of a young striker was what we were crying out for in the summer. So I'm so jealous that a team that came up last year with us uh, in Bristol City have managed to get him on loan for the season. Um, so yeah be looking forward to seeing him play at Deepdale uh, hopefully he doesn't have the best of games when he comes to us from a selfish point of view but yeah being English banging in goals that can only uh, be promising future for him and quickly before we move on I just want you to quickly mention another player that you think could possibly go on to bigger things in the division either at your club or at another club start with you Louis uh, so I've mentioned, actually, it's another player on loan from Chelsea, so I'll quickly run through that. It's Asaya Brown from um, Chelsea. He's on loan at Rotherham. He's only 19. Uh, he's a left winger. Um, to say that he's a team that's struggling in the, division, in the, the division, I think the 23rd Rotherham, he's played six games. He's scored two goals and got two assists. Um, he's a typical winger that he, he, he can track back. He loves to tackle. He, he, he cuts inside. He shoots, this, shoots from distance. He, like I mentioned, he's only 19, so he is inexperienced. The, the only downfall of his game at the minute, which will take time, is he's making those wrong decisions when, you know, in the, in the, at the final moment. So he's probably shooting when he should be crossing or, or passing at that stage. Uh, but that'll just come with time. He, he, he's, he's a similar player to when like Raheem Sterling came on the scene at Liverpool. Is is that type of player where, yeah, he's got the talent, but... He needed. He needs a couple more years to bed in, and, and he could be a very, very good player to look out for. Yeah. So Isaiah Brown on loan at Rotherham um, at the moment. If you want to check him out, I will say Dominic Iorfa at Wolves um, purely because my I've got a painfully lacking knowledge in young players from other teams at the moment, having done about five minutes of research. Um, but Dominic Iorfa at Wolves, twenty-one England and twenty-one international. Um, centre half can also play right back. Um, already got 70, 80 games under his belt for Wolves. Six foot four, massive, amazing athlete. Good in the air, good with his feet. He he, he will be. I will make the prediction now. He will be in the Premier League this time next year, whether Wolves are there or not. He's just too good an athlete not to be. He looks like a Premier League player. Um, he, Scott Hogan was up against him yesterday. Obviously very accomplished, having a good time with Brentford. And I don't think he got much change out of Iorfa at the back. And um, that, that says a lot to me. So I'm being a bit biased and a bit um, selfish talking about Wolves still. But, but yeah, Dominic Iorfa, remember that name. For me, I'd go with uh, a player that I've seen uh, come up against this season. It'd be John Swift. Uh, he seems like he's been around for ages. And I was quite surprised to find out that he's still only 21. Um he was at Chelsea and he's had loans at Rotherham, Swindon, Brentford. Uh, he's moved to Reading now and has already scored um, a couple this season. Uh, he's an England under-21 international who I think has played for England at most youth level um, sort of over his career. Um, and now he's managed to sort of get away from Chelsea and actually move to a club permanently where he can really start to build his career. Um, I think in a couple of years, time whether it's with Reading or not I think we'll see him in the Premiership um, yeah now that he's been given a chance and uh, he can kick on um, and yeah definitely one to watch out for yeah I had a couple written down I briefly mentioned Adam Armstrong he's a Newcastle player on loan at Barnsley I think he's got two goals in four games I think he maybe even scored against Preston I might be wrong yeah there. he did yeah and yeah so um yeah he's got a massive future and I'm very happy he's scoring goals at the moment but the one I want to focus on is Will Grigg very big reputation purely because of one 
chance. But he, he's done very well uh, since coming into the championship. He's got a few goals despite his own team, you know, at the bottom of the table. That's not really affecting his own form. He's doing well. He's the type of player that is not going to play in the Premier League for a while, but you could sort of see him going on and doing what sort of Charlie Austin, Ricky Lambert did, getting there later on in his career and still getting goals. So he's definitely one to watch, mainly because of the chant. But yeah, he's, he's also a very good player. And when um, we had the Wigan fan on the pod earlier in the season, he also said that he could go as high as he wants to go. So I'm very excited to see how he develops now. He is in the championship. But we'll just move on to player watch now. So um, if you'd just like to briefly mention one player who impressed in your most recent fixture and somebody who disappointed, I know it's probably going to be hard for you three because you won, but you could pick somebody from the opposition if you want to. So we'll start with you, Louis. Uh, player watch for me, obviously he got both goals yesterday, so it's Kieran Lee, got man of the match. Um, again, he got us out of jail. He scored in the 91st minute and he's done that twice this season to get us the victory. Kieran Lee is the type of player who he consistently scores like seven and a half, seven and a half out of ten every single game he plays and he has done since he's been with the club. He's the type of player, again, where if he played in League Two or he played in the Premier League, he would score seven and a half out of ten, um, just because he's literally that consistent. He, he, I don't think he even got dropped for a game for Sheffield Wednesday last season. He, he played more games than anyone else at the club. Um, he had a pass accuracy of eighty-nine percent yesterday. So yeah, for me, um, play watch. I love this guy. He's my favourite player at the club. So it's Kieran Lee. Disappointing. There wasn't anyone in particular that disappointed, but I'm going to mention like I did earlier and I said I'd talk about it. So um, just the collective team performance before half time that we need to be careful of because, again, we were losing at half time. So I'm not going to pick out a particular player because no one particularly had a bad game. It's just an ongoing issue being behind at the break. Um, so I'm going to have to mention that again just because. When we were 1-0 behind, I was thinking we can't come back and win this game again three times in a row, and we have done. So I just wish to start, you know, being 1-0 up at the break. And, and, and one of these days, we are going to be 1-0 or 2-0 up at the break, and, and we are going to demolish a team 4 or 5-0. It will happen because we're having that many shots and dominating games. It's just leaving that one goal before half time. So that's my disappointment from yesterday. But ultimately, like you say, it's hard to say because we, we went on and won. So uh, I'll leave it with that. Yeah, Thomas, what about for Wolves? Uh, who impressed and disappointed in your fixture? Uh, yeah, I've already talked about Jao Texera, but I'll talk about him some more. He got the first two goals yesterday. Um, the first one was a, a really nice goal. Uh, Costa, the other guy we've got on loan from uh, Benfica, really good driving run forwards, turned inside, and then there was a really nice little turn and a little stabbed finish from uh, Texera, and then the second one was one of those lovely free kicks that sort of a cross and a shot at the same time if bodies run across the ball. Um, and he, but he put the ball in the right area, and he just looks at it. He looks a very good player. He's he managed to beat three players in the first half without actually touching the ball, which I think when you've got that kind of thing happening um, in the championship is quite unusual. He just needs to stay on his feet a bit more because he's got that tendency to go down a bit easily. And, um, and yeah, just make sure he can continue to compete with the sort of hurly-burly of the championship. And he'll be a very good player. So he was definitely the star of the weekend. Great performance from him. Um, disappointing, obviously, when you win, you don't want to be nitpicking. But I think um, I would go for the the fullback we've got on loan from uh, Man United, Cameron Borthwick-Jackson. Um, only because there was a few question marks over... Brentford's attacks all seem to be coming down his side of the pitch. And they got in a few times down that wing. He's actually a very good player. He gets forward well. He's got a good cross and he's very he's got good control. All the stuff you'd expect from a Man United Academy graduate. But I just think he's a little bit lax, a little bit too relaxed and calm. I'd just like to see him stepping up 5-10% of effort because um, I think there's a very good player in there. So, yes, yeah, so I'm a bit on him, but only because I think he can take it and there's a lot more to come from him. And James, you've had a bit more time to think about this as you played on Friday night, but who impressed and disappointed in your win over Wigan? Yeah, so there's a couple that impressed, really. Um, last time I was on, I said that Tom Clark had uh, been the player that I was most disappointed with. Um, Friday, he was back to his best. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, completely shut down Will Grigg to the point that uh, I kept forgetting he was playing until I heard the Wigan fans chanting for him. 
Um, he, if he can carry on that form, he's our best defender. Uh, he's the club captain, so he's always going to be one of the first names on the team sheet. Um, so hopefully he continues that form. Uh, the other really impressed uh, was Jordan Hugill, who got the goal. It was quite fortunate. It was a shot that deflected off his knee and wrong-footed the keeper. Um, but the lad deserves that look. Um, he's never going to be one that can dribble past sort of a few players and create something out of nothing. But the the work rate the lad puts in, um, he always leaves the game looking like he's just run a marathon uh, and he could sort of be helped off. He, uh, every ounce of energy that he has, he always puts into the game um, and he's a real fan favourite. Um, and now that Garner's gone and Beckford's injured, um, rather than being a fringe player like he was last season, he's been given a chance in the first team now with the other strikers not scoring. Um, and he's got, I think it's four goals already this season. Um, so he's really staking his claim to be one of the first names down on the team sheet. So hopefully he can uh, kick on now and um, become the player that we know he can be. Um, as for disappointing players, there wasn't really anyone who disappointed Friday night. Um, but sort of for their performances this season, I'd have to go with Owen Doyle. Um, we had him on loan last season and he didn't really do it for us last season. Um, but for whatever reason, Simon Grayson's decided to give him another chance this season and bought him permanently. Um, spent a fair bit of money on him, um, but he, uh, for whatever reason, just isn't clicking at the moment. Hopefully, because we've spent the money on him, he comes good um, and gets back to that level he was at for Chesterfield about 18 months to two years ago where he's banging in the goals. Um, and we should have a real player on our hands. Um, but at the moment, he's just not doing it. Uh, unfortunately and for Newcastle I'm going to praise a player I never thought I would praise this much but I'm going to talk about Kieran Clark when we signed him I didn't know I could have been more underwhelmed I'd never really rated him at Aston Villa he's always had a mistake in him and then when he made his debut against Reading he sort of put in a very weird tackle in the penalty area to concede a penalty which again first impressions weren't good but since then he's really come into his own he, he I think he's learned a lot from Rafa Benitez and maybe that's why he hasn't become the player he perhaps should have been because he hasn't had the managers to coach him. And he was excellent against Aston Villa. I mean, it, it could have went any way for him yesterday because he was going back to Villa Park. If he was ever going to do something stupid, it would have been then because the, the passions are high, you know. He, he was getting booed by the Villa fans, but he was composed throughout. Uh, he never took undue risks. He, was, um, he kept Jordan Ayew quiet for the most part. He maybe struggled a little bit of Rudy Gestead, but I can sort of forgive him for that because he's not that... T- it's all our defence did, so it's hard to put that on him. But yeah, he really impressed me and he deserved man of the match. And I'm, I'm starting to think he should be in our starting eleven, either ahead of Mbemba or Les Ailes, because I, I just think he's a better defender. And I, I'm very impressed with him. Moving on to disappointed, I could talk about Matt Sales, but I don't want to give him any more stick. I think he's had enough. I, th- I think he's a bit sad, so I'll leave him alone. I'll uh, talk about Dwight Gale. He had a very, very good chance in the first half. He, he was bought for his finishing ability and he was gifted a chance through and goal one on one and he wasted it. And if, if he had scored that, we'd, we'd be, I'd be in a completely different mood. We'd, we'd have the three points. So that was disappointing. I, I never really felt that he fits the system we're trying to play. We've got Daryl Murphy and Alexander Mitrovic, who, both of whom I think will be better, especially away from home. I think maybe Gale would be better in the number 10 role where he could feed off a, a Murphy or a Mitrovic and maybe play like two strikers. But yeah, yeah, he disappointed me, and so did Modi Arme for similar reasons. So, yeah, it's the attackers that disappointed and the defenders that impressed. Him. But it, in terms of the defence, we look very good there, and I think we're not going to concede too many. So that that's encouraging, especially as a Newcastle fan, because we've had very bad defenders throughout the season. So, yeah, that's that's good. But um, would, before we wrap up, I just want to give a brief preview of the games we've got during the week. There's a few big games going on. We'll start with you, James, for this. Um, you're going to Birmingham, who I just tipped for promotion. So you're you're probably yeah. you're, you're probably going to win now. So how how do you see this one going? Um, going off sort of the Brentford result and then the two uh, results we've had in the week, um, I'm a bit more optimistic than I was this time last week when I saw our next few fixtures. Um, uh, I'd be sort of delighted with a point, and if someone offered me that now, I'd bite their hand off for it. Uh, it seems to be sort of Tuesday night kind of game where last season we'd go, we'd be really hard to beat, nice and organised at the back and maybe nick a goal and get a win. Um, Birmingham on a good run um, at the moment, um, even though they I think, drew yesterday. 
Um, but yeah, I'd be delighted with a point and fingers crossed because I'm making the journey there for it. Um, we can at least get something out of the game and sort of try and put a little run together now to edge clear of the relegation places. And moving on to you now, Louis, you're travelling to Blackburn. How do you see this one going? Um, to be honest, I have not got a clue. I am going down there on Tuesday evening and I don't know what my expectations are because although Blackburn have been struggling, they won yesterday at Derby, at Derby uh, 2-1 and that would be a massive confidence booster for them. Uh, Marvin Emnes has scored three goals and got three assists in only two games. He's had two as sub as well, but in only two games he's played full 90 minutes. Um, on paper, we should win based on the players that we've got. But based on form, we should probably lose uh, just because we haven't won an away game this season. And we've drawn a couple. So if I was predicting a result again, I, I think I mentioned this last week and I will stick to it. I will go 1-1. And finally, Thomas, moving on to your game, you're travelling to Wigan. Possibly you're never going to get a better opportunity to record three successive league wins. So are you going to predict a win for, in this game? Oh, I, I don't know, to be honest with you. Obviously, uh, on paper and looking at the table, we should win and win probably quite comfortably. I mean, Wigan have lost five of their last six. They're not scoring a massive amount of goals. They're scoring goals, but they're... they're they're a funny team because, you know, they're bottom of the table, but they've only got like a minus three goal difference, whereas Rotherham above them got minus 12, Cardiff minus seven. And like, so they're not, they're obviously in all the games that they're playing, but they're getting edged out. And then the other thing to factor in with them is the curse of the former player. They've got three former balls in their team. Um, Nathan Byrne, who we sold to them on transfer deadline day. Um, Adam LaFondra. And uh, Michael Jacobs, Jacobs, very good player, player I rated highly, was disappointed we sold him, and has done quite well for Wigan. Um, and the impression they've given off and their manager's given off is that they're, they're doing quite well getting at teams, but they're struggling to, to find that balance between defence and attack. So I think they might be better than they're making themselves look. But for Wolves, yes, I would probably expect that we go there. And we, as I've said, previously anything's on the table with Wolves I don't know what Zenger will do he he could honestly field a completely different 11 and it wouldn't massively surprise me so when you consider that you've got a manager who might do that then anything is possible um, but yes I think on balance logic dictates that we should win this game but I don't think it will be convincing I think it will be something like 2-1 so which I would obviously um, snap your hand off for now because that will almost certainly move us back into the top six which was where I would love us to be come the end of the season and uh, Newcastle face Norwich on uh, Wednesday which three of us have pre uh, predicted those two teams to go up it's going to be very interesting it could change how we think about both clubs uh, as we're at home I think we should win I'm going to predict a win in this one I think it's probably the first time I've predicted a win all season which is weird considering you, I, I'm so confident we're going to go up, but I, I, I think we're going to win this one. I think we've not won in our last two league games. I think Benitez is going to know how crucial it is that we win this one. It, it's not only an, I, I don't even think a draw would be good enough, really. I think we need to win this one. And Norwich, I, I haven't seen that a great deal of them, but I just think Wednesday night under the lights at St. James's Park, it's a difficult place to come. And I think we're going to get the three points. We beat them 6-2 there last season, which was probably one of the weirdest games of the season because it wasn't a 6-2 game, but maybe we'll take that confidence into it. And I think we're going to get the three points and move closer to the top of the table. But with that, we're now out of time. I just want to thank each of you for coming on today. If you'd like to tell people where they can reach you or any projects you're involved in, now would be that time. I'm Louis Shackshaft. Uh, my Twitter handle is Louis Shackshaft. Um, I currently write for Shoes. If you want to check out my latest articles on there, you can do. Um, I should have an article uploaded on Thursday or Friday this week. Uh, we've discussed Adam Reach, and it's about his first four weeks at the club. Um, you can also check out um, Sheffield Wednesday statistics uh, on my Twitter feed and just drop me a line or a tweet anytime. Yeah, my name's uh, Thomas, as I said, and you can read my articles on wolvesblog.com. And if you'd like to contact me via Twitter, do is contact the official Wolves blog Twitter account, which imaginatively is at Wolves blog. And uh, yeah, I look forward to uh, 
to discussing all things championship related with you. Yeah, I'm James Vickers. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore James Vickers. Um, I write for a Preston North End fan blog, which is Tom Clark at the backpost.wordpress.com. And I also have a Bundesliga blog, which I write about Borussia Dortmund, which is yellowwallblog.wordpress.com. Um, and we're starting a Preston North End um podcast as well over on tom clark at the back post so give it a follow and that should be coming in the next few weeks yeah and you can my twitter is at jake jackman with two ends i wrote for epl index the boot room uh we've got some good stuff coming out on total dutch football soon where we profile the 50 best young players in the league which i feel like i've been doing for months so definitely check that out a lot of work's gone into it and i just want to thank you all for listening today and we hope you tune in again soon to the championship roundtable. table